1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to 99.5 KKLA Afternoon Show, Southern California Live. This is Matthew Barnett speaking to people of Los Angeles, San Diego, up and down the coast here today. I'm the pastor of Angeles Temple in the Los Angeles Dream Center, and I am so excited to be hosting today and tomorrow this amazing show that many times I have been on the show, but today I get to host the show. So it's a great joy to be with you here in this program today. Well, there has a lot going on in our world today and, of course, in Los Angeles. The big issue today is obviously uh, the vaccine and all of the requirements that now we're dealing with and going into restaurants. And you pretty much name it indoor. We're going to be dealing with it. Uh, the very fascinating <laughs> time and era that we're living in where people are going to be checking uh, papers and whatever on the phone to try to see if you're eligible or not to meet the requirements to come in and uh, eat at an establishment or be a part of it. It's a very strange era that we're living in as a pastor. I've been here for 27 years, and um, I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of homeless people that uh, live in our building, the Dream Center, that old hospital on the Hollywood Freeway where hundreds of people um, lives are being impacted every single day, and of course, pastoring the Angels Temple. Um, I've never seen anything quite like this in 27 years, to be honest with you, and i like to really hear your thoughts throughout the entire show. You can call in at 888-528-2557 anytime, and uh, we'll just get into it because this is a major issue. This is a life-changing issue for many people as we see Los Angeles and, uh, and really California heading into a brand-new era One that none of us really expected. I know that several months ago, um, even the president mentioned that this would not come down to this. We would not be in this position where we would be checking for people's papers at the door and all this type of thing. And so we are really up against it. And and I want to hear your thoughts because we are living right now on the doorstep of something that is really going to challenge many of us as believers. Uh, Challenge us in the area of of love one for another, um, reaching out one to another, looking after one another. These are very interesting times, and as I was thinking about that today, I was looking around and um, just kind of uh, reflecting on the the lockdowns the last couple of years and so many people that we've taken in that have been homeless and broken and lives that have been impacted and, uh, you know, people have developed brand new addictions. I was looking on Sunday morning at a guy on the worship team. He's up there, and uh, he just, you know, became addicted during the uh, pandemic. He had nothing else to do, and, and we're just seeing a lot of these types of issues that are going on, but today, you know, we're... We're living in a generation, can we be just quite honest, that we are living in a day where people are just kind of pitted one against another. There's a battle that's going on, basically, that's saying uh, there's a group of people that are vaccinated. There's a group of people that are unvaccinated. And there's just, you know, a political calculation that somehow there'll be enough people concerned about maybe their own preservation of their own life, that they would be angry towards the other people group. So therefore they can solidify their base somehow and uh, create these maybe 60, 40 splits. And when it's all said and done, it comes down to that's kind of the modern age that we live in. But here's the revelation that I came up with. I, and, and I, I've discovered this just through watching people. I have realized that most people who are vaccinated don't have the same kind of hate and disdain on a general level, on a day-to-day level that most people think. As a matter of fact, most of the people that I know that are vaccinated love the people that are unvaccinated. They have a tremendous amount of care and concern for everyone else. So in the middle of this generation that's trying to like pull people apart, what I honestly believe is that there's so much love in the world, there's so much love, it overcomes all of these battles of one against another. And I really believe in the end, that's going to win. And then the end, that's going to prevail. But until then, we are dealing with a a situation where it's come down to people groups fighting against one another. And usually on the surface, you know, when you see something on the surface and uh, it doesn't feel right, you know, you're like checking people's papers at the doors, telling them they can't eat here. They have to go um, into the backside, eat there or go outside, it kind of feels strange, right? And most things on the surface that just don't hit you right in the beginning are usually things that are, are probably, it's true to your instincts, you're on the right path. And it just doesn't really, I guess maybe because my whole life I've worked together with people that are broken and believed in bringing in prisoners instead of putting them in jail and, and bringing them to the Dream Center. So I've always had this belief that we're not one against another, that we're all for each other, and we all make different decisions of our life regarding our health, and decide what we're going to do from there. So I'm going to be taking your call, and uh, I know there's going to be many different opinions, and that's okay, right? That's why I love this show. So many wonderful things. And uh, so let's just get right to it. I and mean, We already have a phone call right, on, right off the bat. I appreciate the passion of Los Angeles and San Diego that are stepping up, rising up. And David in Santa Monica says he has uh, maybe no problem with the, with, uh, with the mandates. Go ahead, David. I'd like to hear your thoughts.
2: Thanks for taking my call. You got I can it. Tell you as an evangelical Christian, I am appalled at so many evangelical Christians that resist vaccination and public health measures. I'm appalled that you would say somehow that something's wrong with protecting people and making sure they're vaccinated. My wife has cancer. I don't. I want her not to be exposed to COVID and get and get COVID. the Press. I mean, Romans says we should obey legitimate uh, civic authority. I mean, where's the watching out for your neighbor? I mean, I am just appalled listening to people, even like you, intimate somehow that you are bridging your freedom by asking you to protect other people. 750,000 people have died. More police have died from COVID than gunshot wounds. Mm. I don't want paramedics showing up to resuscitate my wife who won't even get vaccinated. I mean, I'm just appalled that this has become a political controversy.
1: Thank you so much for your call, David. I appreciate your input, and I, I feel the same way that you do. I really do feel that um, there's a lot of people that have great concern one for another, and we ought to live our lives that way. I think on both sides there's room for both of us to feel that way, that, that we have concerns one for another. But I, th- I don't think you can just get to the place to where you throw away every person's right um, to live, young people to experience life, to go through graduations, to experience epic moments of their life that that will forever be taken away, and many things for a pandemic that there is no end in sight. There is nobody talking about the possibility of when this thing is going to stop. So the truth is, at what point do we start living? At what point do we say, look, we are going to love one another. We're going to be cautious around each other. We're going to be smart. We're going to make positive decisions but for every story that that we hear of and the tragedies of this virus, that is without a doubt, like you are saying, everything bad that it possibly can be. On the other end, there is also young people that have been locked home for two years on a computer who learned how to you know, order drugs online, who, who overdosed. I've asked people in our church, you know, how many young people struggle with suicide. Hands are flying up everywhere. Young people um, that I know of have taken their own life during this thing. People have picked up uh, more addictions. I don't think we're even going to understand how far this mindset of, of fear that has locked people into a different type of life has set them back for many years to come. So, David, thank you for that call. Thank you for your concern because I think you're exactly right. I think we do need to be more concerned every day about just our everyday encounters with people. But at the same time, we just can't stop living. We can't get to the place of our life to where... We, we we spend so much time concerned about one demographic of people. The young people of our generation have been left behind. Let's be honest. We have literally preserved every people group in the world to try to keep them safe, but at the expense of a young generation that have just missed so many things. I mean, look at Crenshaw High School football we're not allowed to play a state championship game. They'll say, "Well, that doesn't mean as much as, as what's going on." True, but there's a way we can we can uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. There's a way that we can be smart and we can uh, follow protocols and be respectful one for another. When I go to a restaurant, I put on my mask because that's because I want to I want to make life easier for the people that work in those stores. I, I want them to understand, you know, that I'm, I'm not going to want to make them feel uncomfortable. And um, regardless of my my thoughts about that. But, but at the same time, you know, we just have to get to the place of our life where we've got to kind of manage both things that are taking place in the world today. Otherwise, what's going to happen is we're just going to see more young people fall into drug addiction, more young people fall into um, things that, again, will not be discovered for years. I don't think we have seen the end. It's going to take about a decade for us to truly understand what has happened to people through this. That's, that's the thing about pandemics. We think in the terms of the one or the two or the three years— but we don't think in terms of 10 years, um, the people that will be showing up on our doorstep at the Dream Center who are literally um, picking up addictions, putting needles in their arms and who are really struggling. So we really need to understand um, that as long as we just continue to say, you know, let's preserve one generation, we can't forget about the younger generation. And there are a lot of people, and I guess my, my heart is to advocate for the youth Um who have just are in that place, and so um, we have a phone call from um, San Pedro coming up, and uh, somebody, asked, uh, Tina, who wanted to respond. Uh, I like this; everyone's coming out from different perspectives. I think this is great. Go ahead, Tina. Uh,
3: yeah, I agree with the gentleman. Um, sorry that his wife has cancer. Um, however, the, the not uh, the pandemic as it is being told to us. survival rate with this COVID. Uh, the says quote unquote vaccines are not actual vaccines. So
2: yeah, I mean if if it truly was a pandemic,
1: absolutely. Uh there's there's no excuse for to make Yeah, yeah, Tina, thank you. Uh yeah, I I think there's been a lot of situations where we've seen uh people um you know, get to the place where we, we didn't think maybe the vaccines, as many people infected would be infected as they are, Um, we're, we're, we're dealing with that as well. I think there's a lot, maybe a lot of mistrust because of, you know, a lot of people haven't been able to uh, hold true to the promises that they have made. Um, And so it, it's a really big struggle. And one of the things that we're dealing with right now, I think is a lot, is a lot of mistrust. I mean, obviously I have no problem with the vaccine, but like obviously with, with my own life, I I um I t- I have the vaccine as well, and so I. But I but I just don't want to get to the place in my life to where I just, you know, throw rocks at people who have made other choices for their life. To where all of a sudden, you know, somebody, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, you know, a great football player and uh, kind of the golden boy, and all of a sudden people turn on them. We should never live our lives that way. As believers, we can't. Turn on people for making decisions that are against maybe what we believe in or what we support. We have to stay unified. We have to be able to keep reaching out one to another. 99.5 KKLA, the uh, Southern California Live. Call-in number is 888-528-2557. We are rolling with so many great conversations that are going on here. And I just want to encourage every single one of you out there that are listening, again, to just call in. One more time, 99.5 KKLA. This is our afternoon show. Call-in number 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 and we've heard some great phone calls so far from david who who reminded us of how serious a pandemic is and really made some good observations there tina as well who, who said look everything that we've been kind of promised about this vaccine as hasn't materialized the way that that we thought that it would and uh that's the great thing about this conversation is is again what i'm trying to accomplish is look is let's be respectful one for another and let's look out for each other, because really, but let's kind of see public health and all of this from a broad perspective. Let's just not see it through one lens. And it's easy to do, and I understand because people have people they love who are in a certain group that gets impacted more than others. So we're all going to have a little bit of a leaning that goes on based on our personal experiences, and I think we all understand that. But at the same time, let's just try to see from the perspective – of the youth or the person that's dealing with a drug addiction who lost their job. I remember mothers that were driving by our food line during the Dream Center um, uh, pandemic. We were feeding million, uh, 5 million people. We fed 5 million. And people are coming by, and single moms were homeless everywhere in their cars. They were showing up, saying, I was the first one to go during the pandemic. I was the first one to be laid off and uh, living in their cars. Single moms living in the shanty towns of America were basically the cars which they were living in. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I just love these public forums like this, like 99.5 KKLA here, where people could just share what they feel. Because sometimes you just need to share your opinion, let it out, let it fly, and just allow yourself to just kind of, you know, share those things in your heart. So I appreciate all the phone calls. And I guess we have another one coming up here from Steve from Pico Rivera. Uh, Steve, give us your observation or anything that's on your mind regarding what's going on, the mandates or the vaccine or anything that goes on, uh, maybe amongst children as well. Uh, let me hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, my thought is this. A reasonable, prudent person would not accept, not a vaccine, but a serum of what it is that has not been out for more than a year and has no track record on its performance. Yeah. A a reasonable person would not do that, especially if that reasonable person is in good health.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Steve, that's a a, a good question. I think a lot of people is... It's hesitant just because of the time and the research that's gone into it. And, that, and that's a valid concern. And I think that's the problem is that a lot of times people aren't just understanding that people do have valid concerns. That That's a legitimate concern as well uh, that people might have as much as, uh, you know, there has been some rigorous testing regarding as well. But, again, it's only been a year. Um, so um, I, I understand your observation about that and uh that's very common thank you so much steve for your call and uh also carlos in los angeles uh fire away my friend tell us what's going on and uh, what do you feel about this whole situation
2: well you know uh to be honest with the whole country uh i am very very happy you know that there's so many people still you know with health good health issues like myself you know i haven't get sick at all and i just uh invite everyone to to stay healthy, you know, and then just cooperate with whatever we have to cooperate. If you don't feel like the vaccine is for you, just just don't do it, you know. And uh, if you feel like you want to do it, just do it. But I believe it's just every everyone has a choice, you know. And but uh, at the end, uh, you know, I believe in God, and and I'm here because of that, and I'm a very good, you know, a good Christian that follows, you know, God. God's will, you know? So thank you very much for accepting my
1: call. Yeah, Carlos, you have such a great um, heartbeat for, um, for people and, and I, I just appreciate that and you just said stay healthy and I think with a good attitude like that and, uh, and just the belief that God's going to bring you through, I think hope is very important. Don't you think that just having hope is good for your health too at the same time? And I think that's what you're really alluding to is the fact that hope, it, it does keep you healthy. Um, even the Bible talks about um, the power of hope and what it can do in someone's life. And so I just want you just to, just to stay strong. I mean, keep, keep in love. Don't bite the bait of falling into these people groups that would say this or that. I mean, it's going to be hard uh, for some of you that have made decisions in your life. Um, to not receive the vaccine, that's totally your decision, and, and uh, it's something that makes America what it is. People have the right to make those decisions for themselves, and uh, and that's what's powerful about our country. And uh, just to do what you can to contribute towards an atmosphere of of working together, I think we'll realize as we begin to talk one to another that more people have what's in common. As I said at the top of the show. There's a big fight to say this group of people and we label them. It almost sounds like a, like a horror film, like a science fiction horror film, right? The vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, like it's some like movie. And, uh, it's it's not that way. It's, it's, um, it's people who are making decisions about their life and respecting one another, working together, you know, for the common good and just getting in this place uh, of mutual respect one for another. And so, uh, yeah, there's a big culture of fear. I alluded, I went earlier into that Crenshaw High School, how um, that whole issue with Crenshaw, 13 kids, man, one guy was excited. One player I saw was really pumped up about showcasing his talents to scouts. He wasn't able to do that now. And uh, they were not able to play a playoff football game because they didn't have enough players vaccinated. Well, if you look at the history in African-Americans, there's been a lot of uh, studies that were done that were experimental studies that that generationally, you know, do cause some concern. And I think just to say your concerns aren't valid and uh, you just go off into into your ideology and thought camp and uh, you're not you're not one of us. Boy, that is a dangerous road for people to get down. And that's something we never want to be a part of. Again, uh, call number 888-528-2557. And uh, Anna, um, what is your what is your feelings on this from Los Angeles, California?
4: OK, I had uh, COVID last year, you No, know, one year exactly since I had it. I almost died. But you know what? Uh, we can't make people do it. We need to take all the precautions and then just keep the sick people home and the old folks. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's like 95 percent that you won't die. I mean, I almost died that I had conditions that, you know, were not, you know, something pre existing. So I don't think we should just make people take it. And now they want me to take it. I've already had it. I've got immune and so on it. You know, they still want me to take the dang shot. I'm not, I don't want to
1: do it. Well, Anna, this is interesting because you are somebody, I like to get your input back on this. Um, you're somebody who's actually gone through it and, and suffered the major effects of it, but you're still saying that, that people should still should have the freedoms to make their own choices regarding this. And so ultimately yeah. you're standing with the issue of freedom more than anything else. Yeah,
4: we're not we're not in communist country, you know, but we're starting to <laughs> act like it. It's bad. I'm sorry, but I'm 80, I'm seventy I'm, I'm 78 years old to not cover. And, that... you know, I'm pretty lively and everything. I'm healthy. I've eaten healthy all my life, eating vegetables and juice and stuff. And, you know, I don't want to be made to do anything because, hey, this is the Constitution, dang it, you know.
1: <laughs> it's the Constitution. To, That's know? awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for your call. 99.5 KKLA Afternoon Show. I know I'm stirring it up today, but I'm excited about all of your input. I'm excited about everyone having the, the ability today to really just share what's in their heart on this very historic day which, you know, for some, and, and, and me, quite frankly, not necessarily our best. We'll take some more phone calls when we get back. I know Larry is on the line, ready to go. 99.5 Afternoon Show, Southern California Live, up and down Los Angeles in San Diego. And also coming back, we're going to have a lawyer that will also be on the air coming up soon who will talk about all that is going on today, mandates versus law, uh, what we're dealing with, the time. Interesting uh, phone calls here today, uh, many different broad perspectives. And, of course, Anna, again, she shared she went through the worst of COVID, which, thank God, Anna, you are alive. But still, at the end of the day, she says people need to be able to live free to make their own decisions. That seems to be a common thread throughout this uh, this hour, and looking forward to hearing more. Thank you for calling. One more time, 99.5 KKLA. Call in number 888 528 2557, and we'll be back with Tom Gearing, who will break down some of the legal components and then we'll get right to the phone calls again. Let's keep it going. Well, what's up, Southern California? This is Matthew Barnett of the Dream Center, Angeles Temple Pastor hosting today. Great to have all of you with us 99.5 KKLA Southern California Live. LA San Diego call-in number is 888-528-2557. You know, uh with this uh great segment that we had, man, it was fireworks. It was awesome, uh, People were like responding in uh in just their own unique way. It's very very expressive and very exciting uh And During the break, I just looked up a scripture that said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear, because fear has to do with punishment, but the one who fears is not made perfect in love. I remember at the Dream Center when we were feeding all these people, 5 million people, and we started feeding people the first two weeks of the pandemic, and uh, the line never stopped. It was 380 days straight in the row of feeding people. It was wild. It was every single day. And uh, during that time, I was out there 11 hours a day handing food in people's trunks, gloves, masks, all of it. Just trying to help people and bless people. And during that time, I go home every night. And to be honest with you, I was so fearful because I was right there in the line of so much danger. But I saw the looks on the families that were homeless, that lost everything. And I just we just had to keep going. And then I read that scripture. There's no fear in love. Perfect love cast out all fear. And this is what I realized on that day. I realized you can't fear what you choose to love. And love is a is a virtue that's stronger than even the fear. That I had every day serving, and it was real. And um, but at the same time, the love for people takes you beyond division takes you beyond name-calling, camps, this group and this group. It's the love of God that brings things together, and that's no matter what we're dealing with, when it's all said and done, we all look at people who disagree with us and realize they are our friends and our brothers and sisters who are shaped by different experiences and yet have different opinions. And uh, speaking of that, we have someone who always has an opinion, and that is Tom Gearing and... Uh, he is a great attorney here in Los Angeles, one of the best. And uh, Tom, I think a lot of us are confused. By the way, it's great to have you on the show with us here today. Uh, a Matthew, lot of are confused. it's great to be with you. Mandates, laws—what's what, what's the difference? What, how do you explain a mandate versus a law?
5: Well, uh, <clears throat> I I've been blessed to listen to most of your conversation so far. So you're you're in the context of mandates right now, but let me. First define law. Always when it comes to the law, you're thinking of the aggregate of legislation, judicial precedents, and basically accepted legal principles in essence. We call that the law of the land. And that's, that's law that's passed the muster of the congressional legislative departments and all of that and judicial precedents. So it is the law. It's the law. It's, you can look at the law. You can read the law. It's been tested. It's the law, and we abide by it. You've been talking in, in the territory mostly of mandates. Now, mandates, of course, is what, in my opinion, I admit uh, everything I say is my opinion, but mandates are what is pretty much being abused. And yeah. theoretically, meaning Black's Law Dictionary, a mandate is the electorates, meaning the voting populations, overwhel- uh, overwhelming show of support and approval for a given political platform. And that is not what's going on right now. And And in fact, everybody knows, it's pretty much everybody that's listening knows that the latest mandate, quote-unquote, is, uh, is President Biden's uh, September 9th mandate of all that stuff we know about the federal contractors and forcing everybody to get a COVID vaccination. That's what you guys have been talking about. It's technically Executive Order 14042. And do I think it's constitutional? No. And uh, at least a couple courts, it looks like, are going to agree with me. But I'll, I'll be quiet for a second and see if you have a more specific question yeah. because the law is clear. The mandates are not.
1: Yeah, Tom, does this just feel a little weird? You know, like someone come in and say, well, you don't have the proper identification. You need to go and sit somewhere else. I just on the surface, it just feels it feels weird. It feels strange. I'm going to say it kind of feels a little dirty in the sense of um, inside right. where, you know, we're forcing a teenage kid to be like a security guard, putting them. and Now nobody should respond ever to anybody that way. But, you know, there's a lot of people in the world, a lot of frustrated, angry people. I mean, you're, you're putting them. I just right. talked to someone today. Uh, I was going to eat, and they said, the one girl says, I'm terrified of telling people no. Right. And so, you know, it's not as if the government's providing security for people, right? And I think it just puts everyone in a weird, awkward position.
5: Well, the, what you're sensing and what your listeners are sensing is really to be honest what the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said. I mean when when the state of Texas petitioned and said, Hey, wait a second, do we have to follow this quote unquote executive order, which is technically a mandate from President Biden, um, or do we have to do it? And the, at least the Circuit Court of Appeals said no. They state it, which means they are not going to allow it to be enforced. And I, I love what the judges said. It says that, in essence, the, the petitioners, meaning the state of Texas and everybody else, gave them grave, grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. In other words, they're implying that they see major constitutional issues. And so the average person going into a restaurant, being questioned about their vaccination status and whatever, whatever, they have every right to say, hey, wait a second, don't I have a constitutional right here of some sort? And the answer is, in my opinion, yes.
1: Well, Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. We have calls that are just blowing up, and I really thank you for allowing us to realize that we do have a voice, we have a say in these types of things. And um, in solidarity, like obviously I've made the choice uh, to have the vaccine, but in solidarity with those that don't, I'm just going to eat outside. I'm going to eat outside because I don't, I mean, (laughs) unless I'm filling a spot, somebody else can sit in who's unvaccinated, obviously, but I I just feel like I'm all about bringing people together. I'm all about, um, you know, the the church is the last inclusive place left in the country. When you think about it, it's, it's unique experience. Thank you so much, Tom, for being with us on the show today, and we love, we love you and appreciate you. And we're going to get to some phone calls because they are building up, and Larry has been holding in Irwindale for 20 minutes. Oh my goodness, Larry. Thank you so much. What do you have to say? Thank you for waiting.
6: Well, my, my opinion is we're, we're just like in a triage situation and compared to like a shooting on a campus, we're talking about helping everybody that's been shot, but leaving the shooter completely out. And they may be up mixing another batch to start another epidemic because they know they're not being dealt with.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um
6: that's that's a horrible, horrible thing.
1: Yeah. So so are you In saying fact,
6: they, they kick the patients around and the shooter's still out there doing his work.
1: Are are you saying are you are you support of the uh the regulations and the mandates, or is that what you're saying, or not at all. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, mean, I thought you, you know, were alluding I, to. I think I think I understand your metaphor now.
6: Yes. Well, and it is a metaphor. It's the only thing that you can read, because what's going on right now is just like a biological warfare. Wow. And the source, the the source is completely hushed up, and and a lot of that has to do with the political scene now.
1: Interesting. Well, thank just you like so.
6: Afghanistan, just like everything else.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much. I know, uh, Larry, your concerns are shared by many people. And uh, William from Riverside also, uh, um, what's your perspective? I know maybe you've uh, gone through maybe this yourself, and you're dealing uh, with some of – you have a different perspective. I always appreciate people who've had to go through these experiences themselves who, whatever side they're on, uh, can bring great perspective.
7: Yeah, I I, I went through COVID a year ago. And I was one who was wearing the mask and wearing the gloves and everything like that. Now I um I own a company and um the guys who um were around and this is when COVID was like like kinda like new when the pandemic when it was like we were like really in the middle of the pandemic. Well, for all the ones who did not take it seriously and wanted to go to clubs and go and hang out yeah. and not do all the things in order to try to protect themselves and others, well, come to find out, like, when we did the tracing and everything, it was it was the same ones who downplayed it. I was the only one in my household who actually came down with it. But in their household, everyone had it. And inside their household, their household did not go out. Only the ones who were going out brought it back into their house and into the workplace. Now here's the thing, I'm a, I'm an ex-veteran, so I was in the military. And I do recall in basic training and AIT for all those who don't, who want to use their constitutional rights and all that stuff like that and, but also want to be, you know, oh, I'm grateful for all of our veterans and all this other kind of stuff and the ones who actually have served and everything like that. Well, I recall going through a line in basic training where they put shots in both of your arms with multiple vaccines, uh, multiple shots, and nobody questioned what they were putting in their arms. They just lined up and just went through it. So when I'm hearing people say, well, we don't know what's in it, and we don't know this. Okay, what about the over-the-counter drugs that you guys take? What about the other things that you guys take? Where uh, If a doctor prescribes you a prescription or something like that, or whatever it is that you may be going through, they may say, you know what, we're going to try this here on you, Mr. Johnson, and see if you feel better. This is what we're going to prescribe to you. Let's see how things go.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, William, no, thank you so much. I'm sorry, we have to get to the break, but you are exactly right, Um there are a lot of people that feel that, you know, you take other drugs and why not this. But at the same time, you said something earlier that was quite interesting. You said a lot of people that disrespected the protocols were the ones who end up getting it. Well, now we're finding out that the ones who are enforcing the protocols are also getting it as well. So I don't know if it's necessarily one of those things. You know, um, some of our, our our top leaders who were the strongest in enforcing these are also coming down with it. So. Yes, there was a lot of people that were very reckless in, in those times, in the clubbing, in the underground, things like that, that really brought it about. But again, this is, it is not an issue, and I think it always, always boils down to not pointing fingers at one another. It's trying to respect what's going on in the world at the same time moving forward and um, and allowing people to really experience life and not be held back for several years um, When when the truth is it's time to go. It's time to live. It's time to dream. It's time to have visions. It's time to— to uh, just let God begin to do the work that he wants to do in people's lives. If we're just gonna allow fear to live in us, it it prevails. You know, the Bible says the greater of a, of a thing, uh, the, 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 the greater thing is, the, the stronger it will be at the ending. So whatever we allow now, it's just gonna keep growing and growing. We have to be smart. We can't make this a, an issue of us versus them. We have to understand the older have to advocate for the young. The young have to be concerned about the old, and together we can move forward. Again, thank you so much. 99.5 KKLA. Call the number 888-528-2557. We're going to talk about the youth next with Kelly Bradley, who's going to talk about many things dealing with the young people of our generation today. I want you to hold on. We've got calls, but we will take them. Again, 888-528-2557. 99.5 KKLA, Los Angeles, San Diego, Great to be with you today and we're going to get it right into it right after this break. Welcome everybody, Southern California, Los Angeles, San Diego. This is Matthew Barnett, pastor of the, uh, Angeles Temple and Dream Center, 99.5 KKLA. I'm hosting today and tomorrow, Southern California Live. Call in number 888-528-2557. And wow, this has been absolutely explosive. We have had comments on both sides regarding the, uh, vaccine, uh, mandates that are today, the restaurants, the checks, all the things that are going on when you walk into a restaurant in Los Angeles and L.A. County. It's a little vague about, you know, their rules. It's kind of up in the air a little bit on some of these different counties. So we're all trying to kind of figure out how how, how all that works. But today we've had some amazing phone calls. People that had COVID went through it who still oppose a lot of the mandates because they believe that personal freedoms and the, when it's all said and done is most important that the Constitution does not change just because there's a pandemic that is going on and the rights of people do not change. Others have said, look, we got to be cautious. We've been through this. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, we we lay down the law a little bit. But otherwise, it's been, been an awesome show and uh, great to have all of you on. And I just read the scripture that said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. And you can be united and yet have differences of opinion. You know, there's preferences in life, and there's convictions. And preferences are things that um, we fight for, maybe political ideology, things like that, convictions— that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior who died on the cross, who gave his life. Those are fundamental. Those are convictions, not preferences. So, you know, there's things about laws and government taxation and all that that we can argue about all day long. But when it's all said and done, the convictions are what matter. And that is that Jesus Christ loves every single one of you who died on the cross and he gave his life. But we got to get back in this issue because what's going on in in today is just— you know, my concern from the beginning of the show has been the conversations and divisions amongst one another in the people groups and pointing fingers. And you're this label and you're unvaccinated. You're vaccinated. I just think all of us need to take a deep breath and realize that we all need to serve one another in our own unique way of looking out for each other. And uh, someone who has done that is Kelly Bradley at the Dream Center. And uh, she works for 20 plus years in every social services component And during this pandemic, Kelly, we have seen things I don't think most people ever possibly encounter dealing with people 10 hours a day uh, through the food line, um, seeing the lines of people show up who have picked up new drug addictions. What do you think has been the really the main repercussion of these extensive lockdowns? I was in Dallas uh, not too long ago and uh, and just everything felt different. It was very weird. It was almost like the whole world was different. And I come back home, it's like moving into two different planets and galaxies and uh, but, yeah. we, but you have seen firsthand what people actually go through because you're the one holding their hand and helping them through detox and kicking off drugs and all the addictions that people deal with. Tell, tell us about what you're feeling right now and what people have gone through during this era, young and old.
8: Yeah, you know, I think that this has been such an unprecedented time, even so much more than what we hear about on the news. You know, we, we get to see people um, right where they're at. And we have seen everything that you can imagine, um, happening, you know, from people who have never, um, experienced drug addiction, getting kind of caught up in addiction, whether it be to drugs or to alcohol, because they've just been home and isolated and felt confused and emotional and scared and lonely and all of those things that can contribute to starting to try to numb their emotions through substances. And we've seen that more times than I can count, um. But you know, I think really that the truest victim of this pandemic have been the young people. Yes, you know, we have seen young people that were already, if I if I could be, you know, just honest, that were already behind in school because they don't have the same access that everyone else has, and so they were already a little bit behind. But what? We've seen during the pandemic um, with the lockdown of schools and going online and being online for a lot of our kids, 17, 18 months online, not going into in-person instruction, we just saw a, that gap that was already there just get wider and wider and wider. And, you know, we responded at the Dream Center with the Restart Learning Center um, once we knew that schools weren't going to go back last fall. We started just opening, having computers outdoors and just letting there be a place for single parents to drop their kids off that they needed to go to work, and they couldn't leave their kids home alone. And we what we saw was really um, astonishing in so many ways. We had third and fourth and fifth graders that couldn't read dog, cat, and um, we had kids that just, had given up before they had even started because they felt so overwhelmed. They were afraid. They had been isolated for so many months. They didn't know how to have conversations anymore. They didn't know how to play anymore. Um, They were kind of stuck behind a screen for almost two years. And, you know, what we've seen is just a lot of repercussions from that in the young people. You know, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And it's really been heartbreaking to really watch that happen and to talk to parents that don't really know what to do and to talk to parents that are completely unaware because they still had to go to work, but their kids were stuck at home. And, and I really think that that's the biggest tragedy of the pandemic myself.
1: Yeah, Kelly, it's interesting. I was talking to a teenager and... uh and he walked up to me and said something very strange. He said, Pastor, I'm not afraid to die. I go, oh, is it, is it because uh, you're going to go to heaven? You know, I was just assuming that that's what he would say. He said, no. He goes, I'm not afraid to die because I don't want to w- live in a world like this where I'm just trapped mm-hmm. at home for two years. And I have abuse in my family. I have all these things. And I thought, wow, this kid does not fear death because he's not uh, excited about the life he's living right now. And that was a yeah. revolutionary thing when I heard that it kind of took me back a little bit like wow I mean these you know there's in the public health perspective and all of us trying to like stay alive you know you can actually get to the place to where you're dead even while you're living and the bible even says mm-hmm. that and so we need to get to the place where we just stop you know thinking that that the years that you live is the life that you live there is a life to be lived in the way mm-hmm that we experience and go through it. And a lot of young people have been robbed on that. You have about one more minute, but anything else you have to say regarding, um, you know, what's going on and and how do you see us getting forward?
8: You know, I think the the only thing that we can do and the beautiful thing that, that we get the privilege of doing at the Dream Center is just to create more opportunities for kids to socialize with their peers. It's such an important part of adolescence is socialization with with other teenagers, with other, with other adolescents, with other kids. And I think just providing those opportunities, providing those safe spaces that kids can just play together, that they can interact with one another. You know, I think a beautiful thing that our, our youth ministry did a couple weeks ago was provided a homecoming dance because so many of the kids that attend our youth group don't didn't have homecomings this year. And so we provided just a fun, safe atmosphere where they could come together and just have fun. And I think that's really going to be the way that they come back to life is just by having fun with each other again.
1: Well, thank you so much, Kelly. And uh, we're going to take one more phone call, and that is uh, the one who's been waiting the longest, Sari Connie from La Mirada. Uh, what's on your mind?
3: Um, I just want to... Say, um, I had
1: caught COVID
3: before COVID was even uh, put out there, and I, I had a really bad cold. I didn't know what it was. When I went to the hospital, they told me not to worry. Everybody was coming in with a respiratory infection. They gave me treatment, oh. um, and I felt like my lungs were collapsing, but I got over it. Mm, and I just God. believe that they should make it mandatory for people who don't want the shot. If they don't want the shot, they don't want the shot. They shouldn't do everything that they're doing right now. It's not fair to the people. You know, we all have a choice. And it, it, it's just, I just don't believe it's right what they're doing to the people. So I did end up getting the shot, not because I wanted it. Later, on, as time went by, I got it because my son had to get it in order to keep his job. Sure. And he was afraid to get it. And I told him, don't be afraid of it. You know, you got to remember when when Peter got bit by the scorpion. And he didn't die because God had a purpose for him. You're not going to die if you get the shot, you know, because he had that fear, like, if anything's going to go wrong, Mom's going to go wrong on me. And I told him, no, you know what? God God has us. God has us. We're not going to go and tap God on the shoulder and say, Lord, here I am. I I came in by COVID. God knows the day we're born, the day we're going to leave. And I told him, don't be afraid of it. And I went with them, and we both got the vaccine. But for those who don't want it, they should not be mandatory.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Connie. Um, the, that's the second time we've heard that from Connie and Anna, who have both went through really the jaws of this thing, that the really intense part of it. But it's still, at the end of the day, they support people's personal freedom to make their own choices. That's very interesting because I was always under the impression that maybe somebody who had gone through it to that extreme would kind of enforce, want to enforce everything. But again, there's people that have gone through that who still at the same time understand that there's people who are individuals and people need to make those choices. So it's just a fascinating range of phone calls today. I've uh, I've jumped into this issue along with you. I want you to pray for one another. Let's, let's keep praying for our country. When all is said and done, we have a great country and we love it. We're going to keep believing God is going to bring us through and bring us to the greatest hour of our life keep hold of faith. Don't let tomorrow die. There's great things in store for you. I love you all. Thank you so much for this unbelievable first hour on KKLA 99.5. Thank you and God bless you.